Hello and welcome to this Net Zero Investor Podcast. I'm Monica Woodley. Today we are discussing the recent criticism of sustainability-linked bonds. SLBs had been viewed by many net zero investors as the most promising of the range of new debt instruments with the potential to mobilize institutional and privately held capital towards climate investment. The issuers of these bonds set sustainability targets, and if they do not meet them, they pay a penalty in the form of a higher interest rate to investors. Issuance hit a high of 44 billion US in 2021, but last year that was about 20% lower, with both investors and issuers seeming to lose interest. And we've seen a high-profile case against an issuer of SLBs for greenwashing. To help us understand the problems and the continued potential of SLBs, I'm joined by Justine Lee Bell, Executive Director of the Anthropocene Fixed Income Institute. Welcome, Justine. Hi, Monica. Great to be with you today. Thanks. Well, let's start with that criticism. Could you explain the main points uh, from both the, the perspective of investors and issuers? And do you think the criticism is, is fair or is there a danger of throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Well, you know, there's definitely been a, a number of different criticisms knocking around in the market, particularly headlining in the press of recent weeks. And I'd say definitely when it comes to greenwashing, that probably sits at the top. But all of this is centered around this feeling that there is a lack of ambition around the KPI setting, you know, that the step-ups themselves, they're not significant enough to make much of a difference. There's no price differential compared to green bonds, for example. And one that's also been coming out recently is, you know, is it appropriate for investors to be benefiting in the event of poor sustainability alignment. And so I'd say that probably sums up sort of the main ones that we've been seeing headlining in a lot of the media recently. Okay. And um, what is your view of the the current quality of sustainability-linked bonds in the market? I mean, look, this is, I think, you know, something that we need to do is probably step back just a bit because this is a market that is still in its infancy. And, you know, my focus in the past has been very much around the green bonds development of the market. And from the very early days of, you know, 2013, when we started to first see issuance, a lot of the same criticism that we're seeing on SLBs has been, you know, what plagued the green bond market at the very beginning. And so I think, yeah, it's fair to say that we have not really seen a majority that are outstanding to date hitting the ambition mark. Okay, Definitely, there could be a lot more set within the targets that makes these products more ambitious. But we also have to recognize that there's still a lot to learn with this product, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there is definitely a risk that if we are coming at this product with the complaints that I've listed, particularly on the greenwashing claims, this does run the risks, particularly of corporates, stepping back and not coming to market because, you know, the the criticisms that are coming prohibits them from, from taking those risks. This is a product that is ideally designed for what we need in transition. As a transition financing tool, SLBs are tied to the performance of the overall entity and that there is a financial reward associated with good performance. And this is exactly what we need to be having for high to, you know, to hard to abate sectors that mm-hmm. is much of, of what we're trying to shift. Okay. 
And beyond, you know, the idea of, of, of companies setting more ambitious targets, I guess, what would you say are, are the, the key features and, and metrics that would make up a good SLB? Absolute emissions, scope three emissions, this is what you hear a lot about, that mm-hmm. many of the SLBs that are out there to date are really only focusing on scope one and two emissions right. and taking a very light touch to that as well in terms of percentage reduction of the period of time of the SLB. Uh, duration. Now, you know, this is again going back to that point of early days, and scope three emissions is not an easy thing to measure and track and report on. And so, rightfully so, there will be many corporates that are not going to take in their first issuances such bold steps to including scope three. That's not to say that they shouldn't, but it is very typical that we are seeing that scope one and two is where they're comfortable and how they're testing mm-hmm. the market. But if we were to say, you know, what good looks like, you'd definitely be wanting to see absolute emissions included. Let's be real that most of what we're looking for here is financial materiality. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that is associated with being able to measure and report on emissions. Other areas that we've seen tied to KPIs could be, you know, increasing diversity on a board, you know, something that has a very strong social element to it on KPIs. And all of those, yes, they're important, they're exciting, they're sellable, but how much are, of them can be actually measurable? And that's mm. the, the key yeah. point here. And if you can't measure it, then it's very difficult to predict the probability of being able to actually achieve those targets. So what we say to investors is when you're looking at SLBs, look for, you know, real ambition centered around the emission targets, everything else that's added on is just a, is, is just really a bonus feature. And investors should be wary when they see KPIs tied to targets that are difficult to measure. Okay. Could you perhaps give us some good examples that you've seen of, of SLBs being used for financing a transition to a, a greener company or industry? There's, you know, there's been a couple of out there. I think ones that stand out the most from our perspective has been, well, Enel. I mean, Enel is mm-hmm. one of the leading issuers of SLBs. It's quite yeah. impressive that 40% of its outstanding bonds are actually SLBs out of 23 separate issuances. And a lot of this is centered around their CapEx planning. So they've set targets mm-hmm. against their CapEx, which is quite a novel thing to see in the market. They've essentially been committed to a transition themselves overall to be a renewable energy producer, and they are using SLBs as a way to finance that. And so if you looked at them individually, you may not see them as being the most ambitious from an individual perspective, but when mm-hmm. collectively their outstanding debt you know, is now financially material if each of those are sitting at a 25 base point standard step up, you know, and they yeah. they manage to not meet those targets, that starts to become financially material to them. So we think that that's definitely one to look at. If we look in the sovereign space, we've seen a few issuances of late. Chile, I think, stood out the most simply because, you know, again, they included absolute emissions, which is always good to see. Mm-hmm. And they set a step up per KPI within the structure itself. So I think that's another thing to mention that while we are trying to work out exactly the metrics tied to the KPIs themselves in terms of transition pathways and how much mission reduction it should be, 30%, 50%, 60%, one thing to really look at is the structure itself and the way that milestones are being set 
front loading performance rather than back loading. Mm-hmm. You know, majority of what you have out there, you don't see any kind of performance or achievements scheduled until the very end. And so I think we need to be seeing a little bit more ambition from the side of the structure itself. Okay. Um, now, as, as I mentioned before, we've had a, a high-profile example recently, which has highlighted some of the concerns about SLBs, um, and that's with the Brazilian food company, JBS. They issued an SLB in 2021, and then earlier this year, an activist group, Mighty Investor, filed a complaint with the SEC in the U.S., um, alleging that JBS is failing to meet its targets and asking the regulator to, to step in and impose uh, penalties and injunctions. And I, I believe that most of that is, is centered around you know, concerns that JBS continues to contribute to or has ignored deforestation carried out by its suppliers. So I guess, could you tell us a little bit more about this case and what you think the industry can learn from this example? This is a very good case, Monica, and one definitely worth highlighting because Mm -hmm. it definitely sits in that camp of this witch hunt that's happening in and around green greenwashing. And JBS is an easy target for these claims. When we looked at JBS's uh, SLB issuances, you know, we ourselves obviously acknowledged that not including a scope three emissions target, you know, pretty weak on the SLBs that are currently in the market that they've issued because they only covered scope one and two. But we definitely saw that as a big opportunity for engagement with the company in the sense that uh, through our own pricing analysis, we looked at, well, what would happen to the pricing of their SLBs should they include scope three. And essentially this would be considered a more ambitious SLB that would in itself come at a more attractive price in the market. And that was an analysis that we did that we managed to, to show. In the case that Mighty Earth has brought, you know, it's a classic case of a non-financial organizations making claim on greenwashing without really understanding the fundamentals of the market itself. Okay. And slightly misleading in the sense that they were confusing green bonds with SLBs, claiming them as the same product. These are two very, very different products in the way in which they operate. One's a general use of proceeds. The other is, again, as we're saying, is 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 tied to KPIs and performance. And mm-hmm. and so I think you know this was also looking at the overall net zero strategy that they have for 2040 and putting a lot of emphasis that with the outstanding SLBs that they have, that these were, you know, not achieving what was needed for the 2040 road ahead. Keeping in mind that, you know, there's a lot that needs to go into that, not just a single or a few SLBs are going to address the overall pathway that uh, JBS is taking. So I feel that that complaint was slightly misleading in the way that it was conflating issues and using the SLB product as a way to really actually attack the overall 2040 net zero plan that JBS has. I think JBS definitely could do a lot better in disclosing what its plans are around scope three emissions. That obviously is the majority of the emissions footprint that they have, and they should be more transparent and open with investors around that. But I would not necessarily conflate that with the SLBs outstanding and that's what allowed them to make the claim because it was to the mm-hmm. SEC that there was issues with the SLBs themselves not um, aligned with the strategy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's one okay. where I would you know, definitely be saying to investors, be cautious that every greenwashing claim that comes out, that we jump you would find that the majority of greenwashing is non-intentional. You know, mm-hmm. we don't 
have, you know, the rule book per se completely out there on how this gets done. And I think for corporates, especially the SLB market has been one that allows them to access green ESG focused investors where green bonds, you know, made that more challenging. And, you know, we need to encourage that. So we should be looking for ways in which we engage corporates to be more ambitious rather Mm -hmm. than attacking them for, you know, coming to market with products that um, they may not deem to be ambitious enough. Yeah, no, good point. Now, you've mentioned a few things over the course of the conversation that I, I think are some some good tips for asset managers and asset owners um, interested in SLBs. But I guess if you could just kind of summarize maybe your top three tips that you would say are, are things that investors should look at when assessing the quality of an SLB. Well, definitely I'd start for that point I was making around, you know, when looking at the KPIs. And again, it depends on the industry and who's issuing, et cetera. But I would say that the majority of what is outstanding now, it's there is going to be a carbon emissions component to it. And so one would definitely be looking for an absolute emissions where possible, how the structure has been developed with uh, milestones set through the duration of the product you know, not just looking at the backloading of performance. Mm -hmm. I think my second one I would say is be weary of too many KPIs that are difficult to measure. The question mark is what is financially material? The rest should just be seen as bonus features. And I think that as we develop uh, further our understanding of what the metric should be and how to measure other things that can be able to predict probability of actually achieving those targets, yes, then we can start to incorporate more. You know, at this moment in time, I think right now the most financial materiality is centered around the emissions. So that's that's one mm-hmm. other point I would mention. And then finally, which we haven't really had a chance to touch on too much here, but it's an uneven playing field, I think, currently in the market. And what I mean by that is an uneven playing field between investor and, and issuer. Mm-hmm. What I have found engaging with investors, they don't know what to look for. They don't know yeah. what they should be engaging issuers on when it comes to SLBs. And, you know, one of the things that we've been looking at is, you know, how do we start to embed option pricing where investors can objectively measure the fair fair value of the coupon step ups? Because we feel that if you, you know, if we're not reflecting an SLB's ambition in pricing, this does have financial consequences for investors. And so how can we start to look at the ambition that's being put forward and actually price that, which in itself can be an incentive for issuers to be more ambitious. Therefore, mm-hmm. if an issuer has put forward, you know, an ambitious SLB, then with clear, you know, KPIs, then we would expect investors to pay more for that. Yeah. And why wouldn't they? So this in itself incentivizes the issuer. That we're not seeing playing out yet. And I think that's mm-hmm. the next stage of market growth here that if we can get a better negotiating happening between investor and issuer around what they're expecting, then we can actually start to move the needle on transitioning many of these entities with this product. And I'm, I'm just wondering, what do you think is, is needed to push that needle to maybe perhaps bring together investors for a bit more collaborative strength in, in, in negotiating more ambitious terms, better pricing? Yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely means bringing investors and DCM teams together. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of DCM teams are, you know, perplexed around what investors want, running back to the issuers themselves and trying to set guidance on what they should be packing into the SLB. 
this is something that uh, Anthropocene Fixed Income Institute is is trying to hone in on. In fact, next week we will be hosting in London a investor DCM table for this very reason. The more we can communicate and disseminate this understanding around option pricing value, then you know this is where we see a big turning point in the product mm-hmm. by effectively pricing SLBs based off of their ambition we think that this is going to be where you start to see scale. And, you know, we'll we'll not minimize all the issues, but it'll certainly help to alleviate some of them. Great. Well, I think that's some uh, great advice for both investors and issuers. And best of luck with your event. And yeah, I hope that helps to move things forward. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Monica. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. And thank you all for listening.